What's up, guys? It's Matt Light, and today we are talking about a very important topic specifically for those of you looking to relocate here to Florida, or even if you're in our local market and looking at selling, and that is the topic of limited roof life. So stay tuned. Well guys, today is my first ever live stream and I am very excited to do it alongside with Natalie Coldiron. She is a real estate attorney here in Sarasota, Florida with Williams Parker. So Natalie, welcome. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the area, how long you've been practicing law and all that fun stuff? Yes, thank you. I've, I was born and raised here. I passed the Florida bar in 2012. Um, I joined a law firm here in Sarasota. Um, and I've been working with you, Matt, for many years on your closings. You were also in the family business, and we've grown a sense of trust. Um, we understand each other, and I respect and appreciate that you go to all of our classes. Uh, that's yes. very important to have the knowledge to help your buyers and sellers. Yes, and so I know recently there was a bill that was passed and signed by Governor DeSantis um, you know, that change what is considered limited roof life. And I think every realtor needs to be aware of it in order to help buyers and sellers navigate these changes. And honestly, the reason I know about these changes is like you just said, the classes that you do at our, our local board here for realtors. Um, that's why I know about these changes. And anytime there's contract changes and things like that, um, you know, and I actually, for those of you that don't know, yes, I've known Natalie for quite some time. I use Natalie on any and every real estate transaction that I can. I've known her um, for about seven years and she's someone that I deeply trust. So Natalie, again, thank you so much for coming on today. Sure. Um, you know, but I've got the bill and it was signed. I've got it right here. I will share my screen with everybody. Um, and so this was signed May 26th of this year of 2022 by Governor DeSantis. Um, and so Natalie, why do you think there was a need to have this bill addressed anyway? Yes, the purpose of this bill was to help alleviate rising insurance costs, an increase in uh, insurance claim transparency so that the homeowners understood what their claims said and what they were about, and to really crack down on frivolous lawsuits, which are driving up the cost of homeowners insurance for all Floridians. So, so how, expensive were you seeing, how expensive were you seeing insurance premiums just jumping up? They're skyrocketing. They're pushing homeowners out of what they can afford. I'm hearing $1,500 to $2,500 increases. Um, it's not fair. Something had to be done about it. And that was the purpose of this bill. Did you see, I know I had a transaction um, uh, you know, this would have been months, months ago, um, where basically we were under contract, the buyer was doing financing. And then all of a sudden we were having a problem for them qualifying because insurance had gone up so high that their loan to debt ratio and what their monthly payment was going to be, it kind of knocked them out. Have you seen a bunch of that kind of happen as well? I have, which is why I put together my class that I've been teaching on limited roof life and financing. This is not something that buyers find out about during the inspection period. The buyer may be willing to put money towards a new roof. This is something that you find out on the back end when the buyer is finalizing their homeowner's insurance and um, getting that bound to proceed with financing. 
and the closings are blowing up at the last minute because so, the insurance premiums put them outside of their allowable monthly payment with their lender. So would that then, I know this is kind of a little bit off, off script here, <laughs> but would that then in terms of a contract, all of a sudden the ninth hour, that insurance premium comes in so high, can a buyer get out of a contract? because of that? That depends. That depends on the contract. That depends on whether it's contingent on financing. If the loan gets denied due to the buyer's inability to bind insurance, then the buyer will most likely have the right to cancel. But if the loan does not get denied, the buyer may be paying an exorbitant homeowner's insurance cost and have no right to cancel under the contract. Mm. Okay. Well, that kind of jumps me into my next, <laughs> you know, point question is mm -hmm. what is, and I'm going to throw up your contact information again, my first live stream. I'm super new to all of these little buttons I've got <laughs> pushing and whatnot. Um, but yes, those of you, this is Natalie's uh, contact information. If you do have questions, if you are moving to, uh, you know, Florida in general, she can help with anything, not just in Sarasota, Manatee County. Um, so she is a great resource for everybody to use. Um, and if you have questions on any of the things we're talking about today, and also if you've got questions, feel free to jump in the chat. If you have questions for me or you have questions for Natalie, again, she is a licensed, she is a certified Florida real estate attorney. So we can kind of ask those questions directly to her Free today. Advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, My so, number one Natalie. recommendation to all the buyers out there, if you find your dream home and you know that this roof is 15, 18, 20 years old, call me before you write up that contract. Let yes. me help you walk through what you're going to need to align in order to make this closing happen. If this yes. is the home that you must have, let yes. me help you. Yes. So Natalie, what was considered limited roof life and what, what has changed about it recently? Let's kind of well, start there. Previously, there were these standard industry guidelines that um, home inspectors would use um, as far as a limited roof life. And by limited roof life, I'm referring to the expected number of years before the roof would need to be replaced. Now, recently, just in May of this year, this is hot off the press, brand new legislation by DeSantis. As of May, um, there is finally a, um, a, a year limit that's in the law now. And this new legislation prohibits insurance companies from automatically denying coverage and automatically denying, I'm referring to issuing a new policy or renewing an existing policy. So the insurance companies can no longer deny coverage just based solely on the age of the roof if the roof is um, less than 15 years old or if the roof is determined to have at least five years of life left. So does that so. mean, so were you seeing previously, let's say a roof was 12 years old, we were mm -hmm. seeing that insurance carriers were actually denying the policy. So this law prevents that. From it happening. does prevent it, and it makes it harder for the insurance companies to deny coverage. Um, it The law now allows for the homeowner or the buyer um, to do an appeal process. They can get a roof inspector out there to opine that it has more than five years of life left. 
Okay. So we're really looking for if you have, let's say it's a tile roof, right? Because mm-hmm. builders love to say these tile roofs last forever. And I always tell people it's as however long an insurance carrier is willing to cover you. And that's how long they last. Um, but let's tile say you roofs have- typically at, they do last longer and there are many factors that go into it. The roof could be covered by shade by trees that would protect it from the elements. So the insurance company can't just say, well, the roof is 15 years old, we are denying coverage. The homeowner can now get a a roof inspector out there and say, no, it's protected from the elements, it's not leaking. Then the homeowner's insurance company can no longer deny coverage. Okay, is there any risk that you know of, I guess, to a roof inspector to say, yeah, we, you know, hey, yeah, there's five years of useful life, but then all of a sudden two years in it starts leaking. Are they like liable for anything or we don't really know yet? We don't really know yet. We'll see how it plays out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fun. This is brand new. So Right. We'll okay. So goes. let me run a scenario by you. For those of you watching, let's say you are looking for a home and you have found the dream home. It's got everything you want. It's got the pool, the three-car garage, the right amount of bedrooms, the perfect kitchen. It is your you got to have it. I have to have this house, Natalie, but I am getting a loan. So, and it's an older roof. Let's say it's a 15-year-old shingle roof. But I got to have this house, Natalie. <laughs> and I'm going to call you and say, "You know what, Natalie, you told me to call you if I have an older roof. What how how do I get this house?" If you're about to put an offer on a home, it has limited roof life and we're talking five years left, five, it's 15 years old or about five years or less life left. There are four big ticket items that you have to line up. The stars and the moon have to align for you to make it to the closing table. Number one is the homeowner's insurance. Um, If the homeowner's insurance company will deny coverage, that will cause your loan to be denied so you don't make it to closing. There are a few homeowner's insurance companies out there that will bind coverage, but if that is so long as the buyer replaces the roof within 30 days post-closing. But the buyer may not want to pay for a new roof 30 days post-closing. They just bought a new home. They spent their life savings. So that's something that you need to know. You have to line up the homeowner's insurance company that will allow you to bind insurance on the day of closing, provided that you replace the roof within 30 days. So that's step number one to track down. Got it. So so basically, there are insurance carriers that, hey, we will allow you to buy this house mm-hmm. you know, without replacing the roof right now, but you have to replace it within 30 days. That's what you're agreeing. Yes. And do they sign something at closing saying that they will? Do they have to have an estimate from the roofer or yep. is there any paperwork? All of that. They okay. have to have assurance that you will be replacing the roof within 30 days post-closing. And that's hard to do, by the way. The market yeah. is at peak right now down here. And um, that's not easy to do. The permitting process takes longer. The materials are taking longer. Oh, that is my second point. Number two, the roofer that can replace the roof within 30 days. Um, And on the day of closing, that is the day that you own the property. So now the permits can be opened in your name. The notice of commencement can be filed in your name. And hopefully 
The roofer will have all of the materials. I am hearing stories that tiles are booked out for several months. I've been sitting on a contract mm. now for about a month and they're already pushed into January because the tiles for this specific color that the HOA requires aren't coming in until December. So that may well, be- What do they do? They just extend closing or- it depends on whether you can make the stars and the moon align here. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, I mean, that's got to be terrible for a buyer if they are getting, you know, financing because they can't lock the rate if they're not, like, you know, trying to lock yeah, an interest that rate. Yeah, your rate lock. Also, the cost of this insurance um, that requires you to replace the roof within 30 days, it's very expensive. So that alone, the cost of this insurance may push you outside of your allowable uh, mortgage payment. Okay. So Maybe a problem. So we've got to find homeowners insurance that is willing to do all these. That things. will bind insurance. That will bind. Yes. We've got to find a roofer that's actually available and has materials yep. to replace that roof within 30 days. And then what's next? Step number three of the four perfection uh, items is a buyer that can afford it. Like I said, the homeowner's insurance cost is exorbitant. Yeah. Um, the cost of a rush roof is exorbitant. I would say um, a less expensive shingle roof might be twelve dollars to $20,000. A tile roof on the high end might be forty dollars to $150,000. So you have to be able to afford to do that yourself post-closing. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> what happens if the buyer, like, let's say they're putting 10% down and you know, I mean, a roof can cost, you know, $30,000 here in Florida. If it's a tile roof, it can cost $60,000. Yeah. Um, what if they don't have that cash? What options do they have if they don't have the liquid cash to be able to buy a roof? Well, that's the problem. Step number four is a lender who will allow this whole scenario to occur. And the lender will have a reserve requirement. And what I mean by that is lenders require that the buyer has a certain dollar amount left in their bank account after they've paid um, their balance to close at closing. And mm -hmm. if the lender knows that buyer's paying for this roof post-closing, the buyer may not have enough left in reserves. It may not meet the lender's reserve requirement, and that may cause the loan to fall apart or get denied. So the lender has to bless this whole scenario. Now, what about, you know, what about if a, if they negotiated buyer and seller negotiated a credit to go towards, you know, buyer's closing costs or could a seller leave money in escrow? I so get asked that. these questions all the time. And the problem with a credit from the seller to the buyer for the cost of the roof or half the roof. And the problem with reducing the purchase price is that it doesn't solve the core problem, which is homeowner's insurance. Right. If you can't bind homeowner's insurance, the loan will be denied. You don't make it to closing. So you really have to have these four items in place in order to make it to closing. Okay. So, in Florida contracts, you know, like, let's talk about the as-is contract. We've got the the loan approval period and things like the mm -hmm. appraisal have to be done within that. Does insurance have to be bound 
within that? Or what happens if this no. is all after your loan contingency is over? Can a buyer still get out of the contract? I have successfully argued under the FAR bar, the Florida contract that most areas are using here in the state of Florida, um, that homeowner's insurance and the buyer's inability to bind homeowner's insurance is a property-related condition um, that causes the loan to get denied. Within the contract, there is an exception where if the loan gets denied after your loan approval deadline and before the closing date, so you're at that gap in the process, mm -hmm. if the insurance causes the loan to get denied before closing, the, um, and it's because of inability to bind homeowners insurance, that may be a property related condition where the buyer may have the right to cancel and get their deposit back. But that's okay. especially where you need an attorney on your side to help you argue that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always tell people, you know, between, you know, title companies and closing attorneys, I would much rather for the same price have a closing attorney on my side, especially if we're coming into a situation like this. And I always tell buyers when I go write a contract, you know, hey, you know, this is the attorney that I recommend. This is who I've had clients use. This is who I trust. And what I like is Natalie is going to help us come up with addendum <laughs> language if we need some language um, yeah, you know, with this contract. conception about using an attorney on your real estate closing. I don't charge attorney's fees. It costs you $0 extra to use my office as your closing agent, but I'm also an attorney. So I represent your interest in the transaction at nothing extra. I just charge the title insurance premium that you would be paying to the title company. Right. So let's shift gears really quick. We've been talking about kind of the the buyers and what does it take, you know, for buyers to have the four stars, mm -hmm. the moving the line to be able to get this <laughs> dream home. What if you were on the flip side to it and you were representing the seller? in this scenario, or if you were to advise a real estate agent like myself, Hey, Matt, I'm about to take a listing. That's got a 17 year old roof. What steps would you kind of advise towards a seller in this scenario? Yes. I, and I'm getting asked this more and more um, sure by listing agents. I'm taking a listing. I know the roof is 17 yep. years old, but it's not leaking. What do I need to know? And what your seller needs to know is that the seller's options for potential buyers are going to be limited. Unless the seller is willing to replace the roof pre-closing, so before closing at seller's expense, the seller is going to be limited to cash buyers because lenders require homeowner's insurance. But cash buyers can self-insure, which is not recommended, but that's what a buyer can afford it, fine. Um, a cash buyer might be able to afford to replace the roof on their own, but any buyer who's getting financing, um, their loan will most likely get denied if they cannot find a homeowner's insurance company to bind insurance, a roofer who can do it within 30 days. Their lender will bless the scenario and if the buyer can afford it. But what about, you know, I get sellers that they say this all the time to me. Well, Matt, I, my roof's 17 years old. It's not leaking and I have insurance. They haven't canceled my policy. So why is a new owner going to have a problem getting a policy? Can't they just call my insurance agent and just, hey, just use my policy? 
Most likely not. And now that this new legislation is out, we're seeing a huge shift in insurance companies. I'm hearing lots of stories about homeowners insurance, um, um, homeowners getting denial letters in the mail, um, just warnings that the denial is coming. So homeowners insurance companies are dropping their um, um, the homes that they're covering right now. So just because the seller has homeowner's insurance does not mean that the buyer will be able to bind homeowner's insurance. The seller's existing policy is not transferable to the right. new buyer. Right. And I think that's the out, you know, out in the field and talking with sellers, that's been mm -hmm. the common feedback that I've, that I've gotten from them is, well, I have an insurance right now and I've told them it doesn't matter. It matters what a new buyer is able to get. And if they can't get insurance, you can't sell your house. If they and can't get remember, insurance. Offer, the seller offering to give a credit or offering to reduce the purchase price, that's not going to get the buyer to closing if the roof is not insurable. So right. that's not going to help. It's not the money thing. It's about the insurance. It's not the money. Right? It's about the insurance. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Natalie, I appreciate your time today. This is so enlightening. And I wish that I wish every realtor would be able to attend the classes that you teach because you talk about so many things and in, in navigating the contracts and, you know, the, you know, the, what you're missing in a, in a contract, like the common missteps all the time. Um, and oh, it has been yeah. so valuable to me in learning, you know, from you um, and your dad who just retired, Steve, over the last mm -hmm. six to seven years. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a question right here from somebody jumping in. Okay. Um, let me put it up on the screen. So this is Zach, and he is moving from Missouri that has a homestead that applies universally to all homeowners. It protects $15,000 of the home. What do I have to prove to Sarasota County that lets me homestead in Florida? That's such a great question. Um on day one, so on your day of closing, once your deed is recorded, you're eligible to file for a homestead property tax discount here. Our homestead in Florida has two prongs. There's the constitutional homestead protection, which protects you against uh, creditors. It's a judgment protection, and it's a very strong constitutional protection under Florida law. Then the second prong is our homestead property tax exemption, which takes $50,000 off the assessed value of your property. And to calculate the property taxes, you apply or you, uh, you multiply the assessed value times the millage rate. So it usually saves you a few hundred dollars off your property taxes every year. We also have um, another discount where um, if you pay your property taxes right when the bill comes out in November, you get a 4% discount. So Florida's all about the discounts here. No state income tax. Come on to Florida, yeah. Zach. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. What's important to know is that the states talk to each other. So if you're keeping your home in Missouri, you need to turn off your homestead on that property. Um, and then apply for homestead on this Florida property. Because if you're taking a property tax discount in both states, they'll find out and the property appraiser will file a lawsuit against you. Right. So Zach, in your case, because I know you just wrote, wrote back in that, and you know, you specifically, you're not planning on selling your Missouri home. 
So what Natalie's right. saying, you can only have one primary residence yes. in the entire world. So if you're going to keep that in Missouri, keep it in Missouri. Florida is just going to be a secondary home. So you can't homestead and get those benefits. But you could, if you wanted to transfer and make Florida your primary residence, um, then that would kind of be the way that that you go about that. Um, and so then contrary to popular belief, we have no six month and a day rule here. So the day that you move in and make it your primary residence, well, first you have to switch over your driver's license, voter registration, car registration, all of the indicia of ownership that this is your primary residence, then you're eligible for the property tax discount, even if you occupy that property for one day out of the year. It's not six months in a day. Okay. That's, that is great clarification. And then Rick is, is typing in right now. Rick. Hey guys. And when the seller's house never had insurance, but it's 10 year old property, no issues with the roof. I think what you are saying is if you are able to sell that house, which obviously you can sell that if a buyer can get homeowner's insurance. Even if the seller did not have insurance, that doesn't mean it's uninsurable. So the buyer would need to do a roof inspection, make sure um, that the roof is insurable, get a wind mitigation report, which usually lowers your homeowner's insurance premium. Yeah. And on a 10-year-old property, um, I would not think <laughs> that a buyer would have any issues uh, binding insurance. It's that 15 to 20-year age of uh, the roof that's really causing an issue. Right. So and and the law does not say that the homeowner's insurance must deny coverage. It's vague enough to say that the insurance company um, is not allowed to deny insurance coverage just based on the roof. So it's right. like a may so, deny coverage. Yeah. So Rick, you would be you would be likely likely fine <laughs> as long as your it's house. not leaking or defective in any way. As long as it's not leaking, you shouldn't have any any issues with that. But again, it's going to come down to whoever's buying your house if they can get a homeowner's insurance or somebody's putting on a roof <laughs> yeah. and finding a roofer to do that within a, a small window of time. But um, I think those are all the questions that I've got, uh, Natalie, right now that are coming in. Um, so then, you know, once again, thanks so much for coming on. And those of you joining us, thanks for joining me on my first live stream. We hope to do it again. And, uh, you know, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to stay educated on all things real estate and Sarasota, make sure to subscribe.